everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hustle Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. We do have a request though before we get started. If you have found our content to be entertaining or helpful, would you consider leaving us a review on iTunes? Those five-star reviews really help to make sure that our content gets out there and that our show continues to grow. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 347, an update episode. Yeah, we got back-to-back update episodes, and uh, you're going to have to update why, if for our viewers, not just our listeners, but our viewers, why is there a giant duck? So, so should we just start right away with with update? Okay. So here's the thing. You can call it luck. You can call it chance. You can call it a duck. Destiny Providence. Well, maybe we call this duck Providence. All right. There we go. That's a, that's not even duck. I think this is a Canadian goose. A goose. I don't know. Somebody correct us in the comments, but here's the deal. What are the odds that last episode, so this is a, this is a back-to-back update episode. We usually do a update themed and then update, but because of Mike's moving and everything, we thought it better to just update and then do a theme. And what are the odds that last one we were talking about Doug decoys, right? You brought up as a bolo. We had mentioned how episode one, the very first bolo was a Doug decoy. Yeah. And I think like the manifestation crowd will probably say we manifested this, right? Which I don't believe in that stuff. But days later, what happens? I get a duck decoy haul. Yeah. No, I walk into the uh, into the studio today and he had already kind of been talking to me about this like lantern thing that he's got going on. And I'm sure he'll talk about that. But uh, I walk in and there are... At first, I see this giant duck on the table and I'm like, wow, oh, that's interesting. And boxes and boxes. And I'm like... Are, are those duck decoys? Like what in the world? And I thought maybe he had pulled them out, but like, no, this is like a new haul of, of duck decoys right after we talked about it, That's which goes wild. to show like we talk about the, the crazy thing about Bolo. So if you listen to our podcast, every update episode, we do Bolos and then themed episodes, we do hustles of the week and the Bolos. A lot of times it's like we give something out and it's like you might see one of these things. You know, rarely some of our bolos are like these are kind of more bread and butter items. But like when it's something like that, a pretty rare like duck decoy unless that's your niche, like you're not maybe every couple times in your career as a reseller at garage sales, unless you're in an area where that's a thing, you're going to find duck decoys and here they are. And here they are. Here and they are. this one's pretty crazy. So if you could look on the bottom, if you're on YouTube, being careful, there's like the new story attached. It's all signed. I mean, it's great. I mean, that's not provenance, the new story, but it's a, uh, it's pretty legit. So it should, should I leave it or move it? Yeah, we should, we should move Is it, it in just, our way though. It, it's in the way. Yeah. All right. Let me, yeah. let me at least take off my headphones. Uh, Got to be uh, careful. Why don't Why don't you just give people, you know, hey, like, subscribe and all that while I do this? Sure. Yeah. So uh, again, thank you for all of you who are, are tuning into the podcast. Um, we we do every Monday. We do our YouTube videos, which are our Monday minis. They're very short, ten to fifteen minutes long. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button so that you're getting those. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, go on over to YouTube and subscribe so you don't miss those episodes that we're dropping. Uh, and then every Wednesday, we got these longer form podcasts and. Uh, yeah. So here we go. Uh, so update episode. So what's going on with you, man? I know you got a lot going on and I know reselling isn't priority right now. Right now it's a shift to Texas and, and Mike and I went back and forth before this update episode, like, man, I don't have a lot of reselling content, but here's the deal. I was listening to scavenger life, right? The OG Mm -hmm. podcasters. And those of you have been listening to scavenger life. We all loved hearing the journey, 
right? We loved the hearing when they first started. And then they ended up like selling coffee and they bought like a coffee joint and they bought a commercial property and eventually the podcast did. And that was tragic, but it was, it was awesome to hear when they were moving properties and so on. So I want to encourage you, like people like hearing because part of what reselling's allowed us to do is to, you know, buy more areas to live in. Uh, it's allowed us to, you know, you've bought several trailers. I mean, reselling has changed. So th- I think this is all interconnected. Yeah. So this, um, I've talked, if you've listened to the last several episodes, um, over the, even the last couple of years, the plan has eventually been to move. And so there's always been, okay, we've got this temporary storage and the shed that we're using. And then we've got our storage, our, our stuff's kind of split. And I need to start paring down the stuff that I have because when I do go cross country and uh, yeah, I've shifted in the types of items that I'm buying. So I'm trying not to have too many big items and uh, even garage sales that I've gone to recently. I'm not picking up nearly as many things because mm. even if it's profitable things, it's, you know, if I'm thinking this is going to be long tail, it's going to sit for a while. Uh, it, it's not going to be worth it. So anyways, I, uh, I've been right now, currently my inventory is kind of split amongst two places. So uh, my in-laws own a piece of property. It's where our trailer was parked when we were living in the trailer. And on that property is a shed that we had built. And that's kind of where most of our stuff has been. And over time, we moved some of it, like mostly like the clothes and the like kind of the bread and butter stuff that we knew would sell more often. We've moved a lot of that to the place we're renting uh, temporarily before we move. Uh, but it's been kind of annoying having our stuff split between the two places. Yeah. Uh, and my in-laws are are planning on selling the property. So we, we're on a very tight time frame other than just the fact that we're moving to get everything out of that shed. So I've been driving up there uh, at least a couple times a week. And the experience has been... It's been... Um, cathartic is not the right word for it. It's been... It's in therapeutic in a sense, and and also like forcing me to like reflect on my reselling mm. because you're like I, reflect on my life. Well, it's it's weird because I'm going through all this stuff, and and if you've got a lot of inventory um, and you haven't had to move things around or just stuff, um, or even doing like we've talked about the ending and sell similar, mm-hmm. y- you might not have experienced this. But if you've been going through your inventory, repricing things, you probably know what this feels like in some ways. But I'm starting to go through my boxes and figure out, okay, like. I need to condense these two totes that I have down to one if possible, which is going to mess up some of my inventory systems. So I got to, I'm trying to do that at the same time. And as I'm going through things, picking up an item and it's like, I wonder what this actually sells for now. Cause this is a pretty big item. It's, it's, you know, kind of junky. I probably only have it listed for like 23, 25 bucks. Like it's not like an expensive hmm. item. And I look them up and I've done the end and sell similar. And so within the last 90 days, I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I've had uh, two views on this item. And I've had this item for like three years and I'm looking at sold comps and there's no sold comps. And if there are sold comps, they're like 12 bucks. And I'm like, Mm. oh my gosh. So end listing. I've ended so many listings and not to end and sell similar, but to end and throw in the trash. And that's, it's kind of a rough thing to do because part of it is like, I know I paid money for some of these things. And Uh, the time, you know, you went on, I listed, I brought it back. Yeah, Yeah, all of that. Um, so I'm trying not to have a negative attitude about it in the sense of, okay, I've learned a lot. I wouldn't pick up these things anymore. Um, I would definitely not pick them up now. Maybe a year ago, I was still picking up some of these things. Um, some of it has just been a shift in the markets. Things have changed. But you know, when I first started reselling, I was excited. Anything that looked like, hey, I can buy this for 
a dollar at a garage sale and it looks like it sells for 20 bucks, I'm picking this up, even if it's a little big and even if it's a little clunky. And even if it might sit for a year or two, yeah, it's not the, that and it's not the end of the world. Um, and when it sells, it's going to feel great. But now that I'm having to actually take a real hard look at my store and the things that I have, because I'm going to have limited space on the truck that I'm taking out to Texas. And it's got to be not just my eBay stuff, but it's got to be my whole life. Like my entire, all my furniture, all my stuff, my kids stuff, like everything has to fit in this truck. And your family. And my family, right? I can't forget that. So throwing a lot of things away, it's in some ways it's hard, but in other ways it's like, this is okay. Like I know for a fact that even if I throw away half the stuff- Or that donate. I, well, yeah, I've, I've, there's been, some of it's donatable. Some of it's like, this is just junk. I don't know why I picked yeah, this up. Okay, okay. Um, and then, um, but but anyway, so kind of just going through and, and doing the pile that's going to Goodwill, the pile that this is just going into the trash. Um, it's kind of, in some ways it's encouraging of like, I've, I've learned a lot. I've mm -hmm. grown. And even though I've paid for these items, let's say if I, all the things that I'm going to donate, all the things that I'm going to throw away, maybe I've got a few hundred dollars, three, four hundred dollars in, in purchase. Okay. Well, one, I can write that off as a loss. It's inventory that I'm, you know, didn't end up selling. I can still write it off on my taxes because I paid money and didn't sell whatever. But, um, it's, I've learned a lot, right? I'm not the same person that I was when I first started reselling. And I know going forward that that three to $400 that I lost, I've made in those same garage sales, I've made thousands and thousands of dollars. Mm. So it's not like, oh my gosh, like I've lost money reselling. It's kind of a cool experience when you could say, and we do this all the time. You, you, you'll bulk buy a lot of stuff. You sell one thing, it pays for the whole thing, right? Yeah, That's kind yeah. of one of the things we do. And then you sell a handful of other things. And then if you have to throw a couple stuff away or it's like, oh, this VCR ended up being broken. I didn't realize it was broken. It's not the end of the world to toss it because you've already made a ton of money off of that haul. And so I don't, I don't have that as much of a, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much money I've wasted. Because again, we've talked in the past about when you're reselling, the cost of learning things is so much cheaper than if you were to like, I'm going to go get a degree. I'm going to go get a four-year degree mm -hmm. and I'm going to pay $60,000 and I'm going to take out student loans. By the time I'm done paying it off, it's going to be like 170 grand that I've paid in student loans or whatever it is so that I can learn something. Well, if it costs me $500 to learn the types of items to pick up and maybe I, I know I'm not going to actually list these items and I know that's cheap. That's nothing. That's a, that's a cheap, that's a cheap education. And the other thing that I've been doing too, as I'm going through this stuff is like, okay, these things are probably not worth taking, uh, but I still think that they would sell. I just don't, they need to sell quickly. And so I've got a whole shelving unit that I've got that I'm stacking of stuff that's going to go to a swap meet. And my plan is on this coming up Sunday, I'm going to go to the swap meet and I'm just going to offload it all and whatever doesn't sell is getting donated. Right. So I'm going to be that seller. So if you see me at the swap meet, you know, you can make some deals. Um, but yeah, so it's a hard, it's Are you a hard thing. super early? Yeah. Hmm. I'd like to join you. Like I, I'm looking at a whole a lot of stuff that I'm like, I just want this out of here. Hmm. So, all right. Well, I don't know if I can make it, but. Hey, you could try. I know. So, well, here, here's, here's the thing. I appreciate you sharing that because this is something I've been contemplating. I was on a, a TikTok live with a uh, Wayne from Kway shop, uh, last night or a couple of nights ago and uh you know we're, we were there with the audience and uh <laughs> the audience is like a, it was a show but it's just a tiktok live but uh you know i hadn't talked to wayne for like six months and i asked him like are you still selling clothing it's kind of sad because 
you know, he, he's he's a great listener of the show, but we, you know, everybody gets in their own world and, and gets caught up. And I really don't sell clothing that much anymore. Like I've gone to vintage goods, this latest haul, maybe antique goods. Like I, I've completely shifted pretty much what I source anymore. But the question came up, you know, would you be willing to get rid of everything and start all over? Mm-hmm. And I would. Like if somebody were to just cash me out, you know, here's, here's, I would say I would cash out for like 50 K. Right. And that's, and that person probably could make, I would say four times that money with all the stuff that I have possibly as far as in that. And that's my, my main store, the one that is public, uh, probably. Uh, but the thing is like, who wants no one wants to do that yeah. do you know what i mean like that's a that's a great endeavor so be careful out there when people are trying to sell you their stores it may be worth something but if i can't offload all that stuff that fast imagine the next person that doesn't know and they have to reprocess everything yeah. right and so uh you know i even think of, you know like my amazon store i've been offered money to sell my amazon store because i have feedback and and i'm engaged in all kinds of places but i won't sell that one mm. Because even though I'm not doing any Amazon right now, I have a lot of potential, like let's say Q4 hits and I find, you know, I need a place to be able to move this. Anyways, I think like you, where if like right now, it's, it's a great time for you to start over to get to Texas and, uh, now you're going to source better. Yeah. I'm going to source better. You're you're, you're not going to waste as much time yeah not gonna waste as much time um i part of it is because i've just learned a lot more about what types of things to pick up i also know what types of things take a really long time to list and do pictures and tests and all of that uh, but the nice thing is i'm not completely starting over either not just that i'm bringing my education with me and i think i mentioned that a couple of episodes ago that reselling is a cool thing if you're doing it part-time because you can ramp it up or slow it down as necessary so you can say like hey this period of my life i'm gonna slow it down a little bit oh i really need to kind of ramp it up it's a skill that you bring with you mm-hmm. um, and you might need to like be refreshed on, okay, what's hot, what's going on in the markets, but it's not like, uh, you know, other things where you're doing it. And if you step away from it, like you lost your chance, you're out. Like this is, yeah, this is a lifetime skill, like the, being able to do this. But so I'm not only just bringing that knowledge with me, but I'm bringing most of my best inventory. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, I, I, it's giving me, it's like, I get to start off with an eBay store that already has great reputation, great feedback um, with, fewer listings, but better listings. And, you know, I'm my space, all that stuff is going to be in a much better situation. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, if you've been reselling for a long time, I'm sure there's a lot of people who, who would actually benefit from doing that, going through their store and getting rid of the stuff that's, that's not valuable anymore. And that kind of goes into like, I know you've been doing the 50% off sale for your store, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. overall just 50% off, off everything. But if you're not like me and you're on a time frame where, I mean, I could do that. I could 50% off everything and probably sell through a lot of this stuff somewhat quickly, maybe break even on some of it and better than just throwing it away or donating it. But the problem is I don't have the time right now. Like, you know, Agreed. I, yeah, I, I've yeah. got a no, couple of weeks left before I'm moving. I am super busy. Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine you trying to do everything you're trying to do now and pack. Because I'm spending on certain days, like two to three hours just packing stuff. Right. Because I am the everything store. So I can pack 10 shirts like within minutes. But then, you know, for example, let's say I sell that Doug decoy. That's going to take probably a good 30 minutes to pack because I got to float in all this. Now, the other thing, and and again, this is sounding more like a theme episode, but we'll get to more updates is I don't know if I try to have a store that had more than a thousand items. Mm-hmm. That's just my thoughts. Just because I'd be moving things so quickly. Yeah. 
uh, I'd be okay with, you know, maybe one to 2000, but I don't know. Everybody, you know, has their own place. Now I am saying that right now in this economy, if the economy rebounds and we're in this glorious, like four years of, of a bull market and reselling then having a massive store and like having a ton of inventory is definitely worth it. Right. But right now, hopefully you all have been kind of following along the last few months. It's, it's, it's time to, it's time to, it's time to sell. And, it, and, and it's time to build that capital, right? Because there's going to be buying and, opportunities. And then, yeah, exactly. You want the capital because there are buying opportunities. Um, now, it's, it's it's almost like we're speaking out of both sides of our mouth in some ways. Well, I've already said we, we, we are. Like, if you listen to the first 100 or 50 episodes, like, we, I never said stuff like this. You may have said stuff like this, but I'm, I was always like, list it and forget it. Yeah. But the, the other aspect, though, is kind of uh, cleaning out your store in, in one since you can look at it as, Hey, I'm, I'm fire selling a lot of things cause I want capital, but I know inflation is really bad right now. I don't want just capital sitting doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So Agreed. if you can buy stuff long-term, if, if you're not like, Hey, I need to pay my bills. I need, I need the money so that I can make my car payment or put food on the table. But you're like, Hey, I can get rid of some of this stuff that I have that's sitting here and it's not really hot and it's, I can kind of liquidate it. And then I can take that money and I can buy out a whole collection of stuff because people are offloading their things really cheap. Knowing that, you know, sometime between now and the next seven years, the economies, they, they got they're up and down. It's cyclical. So when the economy starts going back up and people start having expendable income that they can buy, you know, their their toys again. And you're like, yeah, so I bought out all the stuff that everybody wants when the economy is really well uh, for pennies on the dollar. And mm-hmm. now I can flip it. But you got to be able to hold those really good high end stuff. Um, so you don't want to liquidate the good stuff that's going to be hot again. You want to liquidate the stuff. And if you need the money, I mean, liquidate everything if you have to. But it's so it's like you want the capital so that you can capitalize on the buying opportunities. You know, people are selling. I mean, imagine like Pokemon a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. like they were selling for crazy amounts. I haven't really looked at the Pokemon market right now, but I can imagine there's a lot of people who bought a bunch of Pokemon cards and they've got no they, they need. It's like, what am I going to do with this stuff? Economy is hard. They might sell it for half to a quarter of what they bought it for, 10% of what they bought it for, mm-hmm. a whole collection. And if you can sit on that for a while until the economy bounces back up and all of a sudden people are wanting those Charizards again, yeah. you're golden because you were able to buy what's... You're, in some ways, you're almost able to buy someone's mistakes. Yeah. Because they bought yeah, or, it... Or know. even they, they may have bought it low and they sold it at the height of the market, right? Or they... They, you know, they had it and now they rode that wave and they're like, all right, it's time for me to move on. And you just hold on to it. So, all right. So let's, let's circle back to the update. So how did this, you know, whole conversation begin? It's, it's, it's a whole idea that I've shifted in what I source. An example of that is this last community garage that I went to. So I, I took the risk. I went out, you know, another hour away and it's been good lately. I've done the whole hour drive and I can't say I've regretted, you know, in, in the past we, you, we've had it. You had that scenario in the last update episode where yeah, you drove out. Garage, so. yeah. <laughs> it was like one or two houses. But this was all kinds of houses doing uh, garage sales. The very first one I show up to, they're selling all kinds of bats and baseball gloves. And the guy was like 15 bucks. And within a day, I sold one of the gloves for 30 bucks and I'm writing the profit for everything. But but here, here's where the story lands. So I went to this one garage sale. And they had a bunch of uh, baseball gloves and bats. Uh, and that's going to be our bolo. I'll talk about that later on. And I bought them. But then I noticed all these Doug decoys. But the problem with Doug decoys is if they're not signed, you, it, it's risky. Because either you could have junk or you could have something that's very valuable. 
And at this garage sale, it was kind of rough because it was his family and it was uh, their grandfather had passed away. I'm not sure how, how long ago they had passed away. And and he was a collector of all these duck decoys and so on. And so uh, in speaking to them, I could tell uh, with his wife that she just, you know, you can tell people don't want to sell stuff. Right. Like she had them and and I offered, you know, hey, what are you thinking on these? And she's like, I don't know. I really like this one and this one. And and I, I you know, people always come at me like that. I'm just like all business and all harsh. But I do have a soul. And so I, I asked her, I said, are you really having a tough time selling this stuff? You don't have to sell the stuff like you should keep it. Why? Why would you sell it? Uh, when it means a lot more to you because I'm a reseller and I'm just going to take it and it will go to somebody that is going to cherish it, but not as much as you cherish the item. And so I, I passed and I said, don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not going to buy it today. And then uh, the daughter approached me after and I said, hey, by the way, we have an office full of like Doug decoys and Department 56 and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to downsize and we're just going to end up taking stuff to the dump. And I was like, OK. Well, uh, yeah, let's let's set this up. So I didn't leave my business card. She gave me her business card. And so I, I was like, oh, the next two days, I'm like, can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. And finally, it was the day before I texted her. I didn't get a reply. So I just called and I'm like, hey, you just a heads up. This is Orlando, the guy with the beard from the garage sale. Because I got to tell you, this beard, I don't know if I'm ever going to shave it, man. Like it gets me places <laughs> like people remember me. I mean, like, even, people, even people would remember if you had something like goofy tattooed on your forehead, too. So it's not like a flex. Okay, all right. But listen, no. But you know what? It's even a flex. When I can go to Popeye's and there's a huge line and I order pickup and they look at me and they're like, hey, bro, here's your food. And I'm like, how do you remember me? And they're like, beard. Mm. So anyways, it, it helps. Okay, it helps. All right. So anyway, so I drove up. I went to this place and it was an office and it was you know, just a huge office and it had all these shelves with duck decoys all throughout Duck decoys, taxidermy, uh, lanterns. I thought I was going into like a storage place. Mm-hmm. So I'm there and I bonded with the family. So I'm just hanging out with this family and I, I'm asking like, how do you want to do this? Do you want me to take some down? Do you want me to just give you pride? Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I felt like I was invading their space. They're like, oh, no problem. We'll get them. And and so they got a ladder and they just kept taking them down. And I just was quickly trying to do research because uh, in those situations, you don't want to spend too much time. And I may have burned myself on one item. They had this thing called uh, a national cash register uh, from like the 1950s. And those mm-hmm. go for over 1K. Wow. And this was fully working and everything. And uh, I should have just offered. but then. I was like, oh, I'm interested. And I started looking and then they pulled out this magazine insert and it said that it was worth like $900 or something. And I was like, oh, no, I'm doomed. So anyways, I was there for about two hours just sourcing, talking to everyone. And and, uh, you know, they, they and it was just it was a good old time. But the, the hard time was I kept realizing the longer this goes, the more difficult the negotiations going to be. Right. Because I'm going to know them. They're going to know me. And, you know, because when you're at a garage sale, it's easy to be like, oh, a dollar. Cool. Cool. You grab it. Go in your car. You're never going to see that person again. So I went into the storage uh, shed and they had a bunch of Department 56. And it wasn't you got to be careful with Department 56 because uh, there's the Department 56, like North Pole Village and, and some of the more recent ones that are worth good money. But then there's like Dickens Village that is like low tier Department 56. And you can still make money on the low tier stuff 
but you got to get it at a really low cost because if if you you're paying the same for all department 56 you're going to end up losing money and so i went through all that and they had the boxes and everything and i was like and i kept asking like so what's your number you know what are you looking at they're like i don't know we got to look at stuff i'm not sure and so they 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 weren't willing to give me any numbers then i find some lionel train stuff and they had this set there and i was like how much they're like 25 bucks. I'm like, oh, that's great. Cause it, it, it would have been an awesome profit. I pick up the box, the box is empty. I'm like, oh, no. And they said, but here, here's the thing. I developed such a good relationship that they said, Hey, in a couple of weeks, let us call you, call you and, and we'll have things all organized for you and you can come back and we can make another purchase. I'm like, all right. So eventually, uh, got through all the, the Doug decoys. I think I bought at least 40 plus, uh, so that goose right there in itself, uh, that we had in the beginning is worth three to five. And here's the hard thing. Discover the remarkable journey of Anonymous John. No one likes feeling alone, anxious, or overweight. But John refused to let his circumstances define him. When his weight ballooned to a staggering 600 pounds, he made a choice to take control of his life. He began documenting his journey in his journal, and after shedding his first 103 pounds, he decided to share his story with the world. Through his journal, he offers inspiration and hope to anyone struggling with similar challenges. If you're looking to be inspired and uplifted, the Anonymous John podcast is for you. Join us on this journey of transformation and visit our website, theanonymousjohn.com. They did not want to give the first number. So I was there and it probably went on like 15 to 20 minutes of awkwardness. Ooh. So that's some serious awkward silence. It, it was. Well, because I had so I had my my bottom number that I was going to pay for everything was like 300 and my top was 500. But I, I was never going to offer the 500 because I just I, I didn't know. And, and some of you would be like, wow, you only were going to pay that much. Here's the reason why. Doug decoys aren't fast sellers. Right. Right. It's not like something I'm going to recoup the money on. Number two is a lot of them had no signatures and nothing. And so no way to really research what it no. is. No. So I could, I always say if, if you can't list it, you can't sell it. Right. So these were all, a lot of these Doug decoys are probably going to go on auction and I'm just going to see how it goes. And who knows, somebody might end up with a several thousand dollar one that I have no idea about, which well, on our hustle of the week next week, I'll explain the scenario that I went through with mm. one of the items picked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, it was, it, um, I, I, we just kept talking and I kept saying, well, what are you thinking? They're like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? They would not give the first number. Did you do an, the anchor? Because when that when I'm in that situation, I find and that goes back to our uh, never split the difference book review that we did. If, if you're new to the podcast, we have several book reviews and if you're in a position where you have to give a number, I find that the anchor is the best thing that you can do. Um, and, and and when you give an anchor, what you're doing is, uh, or an anchor with a range. So you, you give a, a low number. So it's not just a low ball. And then your higher number, so you're giving two numbers, a range, mm -hmm. is actually kind of what you're hoping max to spend, right? So you say- There's well, a name for that method. I can't remember what I think it is. It's an, I think it's anchoring from there. So like, okay. for instance, if someone says, well, how much are you wanting to do for this? And, and you have to give the number. If you're happy with doing 50 bucks, like if that's like your number, then you can say like, honestly, for me to be profitable, I'm going to have to buy this for like somewhere between 20 to $50. It's and then when you say that- Ackerman. 
Ackerman method. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. So when you do that, when you give them the twenty to fifty dollars, what you're doing is they now hear two things. And so in their mind, they're like, $20 is way lower than $50. I would never take $20 if you're offering $50. I'll take 50 because you're you're giving them that number, especially if they don't know what something's worth. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the sense that you're trying to, you know, manipulate them. But if they don't know what you're going to give, if you just say 50, they might be like, all right, well, how about 70? But if you have to give that number, then if you go, well, I was thinking somewhere between 20 to $50, instead, it's a weird thing is a lot of people would just say, okay, I'm thinking 50. Well, then that's your low number. But when you give them two numbers and one of them is even mm-hmm. lower... Mm-hmm they now see your highest number as the highest number, even though that is your low number. Yeah. So I, I did a modified version of that. So eventually what happened is I I talked to the husband a lot and I could see that they had like high numbers, the other family members. And he kept going to them and saying, you gotta go. Like I could see him like telling him, you gotta go lower. You gotta go lower. And he even would tell me, he's like, Orlando, I brought him way low for you. So he was in my corner. So I figured I, I need to, I need to eventually make the call. So I said, I had 300, I had 500. So I, I just said, how about 300? Cause I knew, yeah. I knew that they weren't going to go for the 300. That's the low anchor. Yeah. That was good. the low anchor. And so I said 300 and she just goes higher. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. What do you mean by higher? They, they were like, we're thinking 500. And then I'm like, well, how about four? And they're like, nope. I'm like, how about 450? They're like, no. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine. You found their rock bottom. I found their rock bottom. It was exactly what I was willing and comfortable to pay for everything. And uh, yeah, I, I walked out of there with that. And it was all kinds of craziness. Uh, I've never sold tax anyway, but tax anyway goes for good money. Yeah, especially um, a previous episode I talked about. Um, and I don't know what it what it's like with birds because it looks like the tax anyway you have here are birds. Um, but there was a time frame, and I think it was almost a hundred years ago um, or so. I, I don't. I'm not an expert in taxidermy, but they switched from actually keeping the bones inside of like bigger items. Like if you were to like buy a buffalo head or something like that, they used to actually do the taxidermy with the bones inside, and now they like replace a lot of the bones with like plastic or like a, some kind of a some kind of a carbon fiber or something like that. Um, and so, if you find ones that actually have bone, it's even more valuable. So. Yeah, some taxidermy can go for insane prices. Yeah, I picked up, a, I'm looking at them right now, some chuckers. I think they're called chukars or something like that. Some mallard ducks, some other. And it, it's just, it's wild, the stuff I have. Uh, it's it just, again, here's the thing. I And we're going to do a whole um, Monday mini-sale. I don't know if we just dropped it or in the future. But if, if you haven't been checking out our money, Monday mini-sale, check out our money, mon- money mini our money mini sods. Maybe that's what we should call them. Our Monday mini sods. Money mini sods. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I talk about how like things don't have to end at the garage sale, right? I scored already at the garage sale on Saturday, but the bigger score was the connection that I made later on, and it's 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 a huge score. I don't even know. I, I equate this with that how wheel score that I had a couple of years ago, where I didn't know what I was buying. And here's the thing too: you're talking about buying education. Like this is going to be an education. You're going to come out of this. And it's funny. I just saw on our discord, somebody um, said, does anybody know anything about duck decoys? And they posted a picture and someone tagged me in it. And I'm like, no, no, no. After this, Orlando is going to be the duck decoy guy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I like, I learned a lot about duck decoys. I learned a lot about lanterns uh, more in a way that I didn't, but you have to stay tuned to our update, uh, not our update, our upcoming theme episode to hear about that. Uh, but it was great. So, Great Doug Decoy Hall. Uh, hey, before I move on with the update, we've gone kind of long. I want to talk to you guys about my reseller, Genie. 
you know, you pick up all this inventory. Like I picked up all this Doug decoy and stuff. I, I want to say it's at least 60 to 70 items. It's like, how do I document this? Do I really want to use an Excel spreadsheet? You know, what do I do? Well, my reseller genie, you can track, you know, what you paid for something and how much it sold for real easy. So after you sell the item or whenever it's already on my reseller genie, all you have to do is put the cost and it's going to do that calculation. It's going to take what you paid for something, how much it sold for on eBay and the fees and everything. And you'll be able to track your business. If you're, you know, still waiting to do your taxes, you filed an extension and you don't know what to do. Go to my reseller genie link below and use our promo code pure hustle all in caps and you'll get 15% off the first month. And it's definitely going to help you out. Uh, I, I Here's the thing. The bad thing about me is I so trust my reseller genie that I, I haven't touched things in a while and I'm going to have to do some work. Uh, but I, I, I fully have, have vetted it. I've gone through it and I know it's going to help me uh, complete my taxes for this upcoming uh, October date. (laughs) So anyways, check the link pure. So all all caps. All right. So wrapping this up here, my update, I know I went super long. Thank you, Mike, for your long enduring patience here. Um, So sales died for me for a moment and they died because I think I had too many returns. Yeah, that'll do it. I, 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 you know, I ask, you know, it's funny. I always ask the eBay reps like, Hey, does this do this something? And they always go, no, no, yeah, Of course no. they're going to say no. They always, they always. Well, and the person on the, on the other end of the phone doesn't know most of the time and that kind of stuff anyways. I know. I just want value. I want somebody because I'm telling you when I get too many returns, I, my sales do slow down. It's like the algorithms like, are you selling garbage? No, yeah. we're not going to sell anymore. So, and the last thing is. Procter and Gamble. Ben and Jerry, supply and demand. These are pairs that changed the game. But when it comes to business growth, it's you and Shopify. From that exciting moment you launch your online shop to setting foot in your first real-life shop and gasping as you hit that millionth order, Shopify's beside you, cheering you on. Selling shipping supplies or maybe promoting productivity programs, it doesn't matter. Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Their all-in-one e-commerce platform? Check. In-person POS system? You bet. Turn those casual browsers into loyal buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. Did you know it's up to 36% better than other platforms? And there's more. Meet Shopify Magic, your AI-powered MVP, making your life easier. Fact time. Shopify powers a whopping 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. They're the driving force behind big names like Allbirds and Brooklinen. And guess what? They support millions of entrepreneurs across 175 countries. Oh, and did I mention their award-winning support team? Always there, every step of the way. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash pure hustle, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pure hustle now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pure hustle. With this Doug decoy haul, what it caused me to do is consolidate my inventory. Mm. So, uh, Mike, when you came in, you noticed like one of my cabinets is pretty empty where I had the lanterns that mm-hmm. I put in. 
And that's because I had a bunch of Hot Wheels stuff. Now, all my Hot Wheels stuff, I was able to consolidate to like the top two shelves, which is kind of crazy. Because remember, I had totes and totes. And now I've sold all of it. So I took all that. I consolidated all that into one space. I took all my train stuff. And my train actually, my train stuff fits like in four or five totes, which is kind of weird because I used to have so many train items. And I'm making space for new inventory. Mm. Right. With these Doug decoys. Like they're pretty fragile, so I can't just like throw them in a tote. Yeah. Like I'm gonna have to like display them. So if you ever come to my house, uh, you're gonna look like a duck decoy collector. I, I am, I am, and I'm sure that's not gonna get me married anytime soon. But hey, it is what you it is. Know. I'm an eBay seller. So all right, so there you go. All right, now do you have any random? Should stories? that be our next shirt? Like I'm not getting married anytime soon. I'm an eBay seller. I don't know how well that helped. <laughs> I think I think some people would would get it and laugh. I'm single because um, and I don't know. There's, there's various ways, but be on the lookout. We want to drop the Doug decoy shirts here pretty soon. That's right. So. Um, okay, so random story. I mean, this isn't super random. Uh, just kind of interesting because again, I'm um, you know saying goodbye to San Diego. There's a lot of like hard, like a lot of times I'm hanging out with friends. In fact, tonight I'm going to hang out with some friends. Like I know it's going to be like probably my last time hanging out with these people ever. Um, or at least for a long time. So um, a lot of goodbyes. But what's really weird is, you know, leaving California, there's a lot of reasons we're leaving. Uh, but one of the things that I'm saying goodbye to, and it's kind of a weird goodbye, is the Santee swap meet. So mm-hmm. in San Diego, I'm, I'm sure there's other ones too. So there's like the Kobe swap meet, you know, down closer towards the the, the ocean. That's, that's the big one. That's the big one. Uh, and then if you're out East County, like we are a little bit more in this area, there's um, the Santee swap me and it's a pretty decent sized swap me. I, I, for a long time, for over a year, kind of my routine was to go to garage sales, hit up some, maybe some estate sales and some, some stuff like that. And then I'd get to the swap meet usually around like nine 30 or so. Once the, the garage sales kind of died off, yeah. I hit those in that area. And I would typically do pretty good. Like I'd find a handful of things at the swap meet that I could sell for some money. And then, um, and then I've sold there a few times. The Santee swap meet is, uh, currently in escrow. Some, some developers in LA are are planning on buying it. And I think, uh, like apartment complexes are going up there, I think is the, so it's going to be gone. And and I think there's like a, people are fighting to try and keep it. So the Santee swap meet is also like the drive-in that we have in this area. And I saw that that's going to be sad. Yeah. It's like the only drive-in in. San Diego. Is well, it? that's, I mean, it is at the, the drive-in. So when, when it's gone, it's gone. Right. Oh, so, okay, okay. so the Santee swap me is at the drive-in and that, that location is being, being sold. So it's kind of a weird goodbye. So it's not like a super random story because a lot of our listeners aren't in San Diego, but it just goes to show that, and, and you've experienced this too. You can have like a routine. I go to this thrift store and this thrift mm-hmm, store is mm-hmm. always good. It's gold mine. I get certain items at certain prices but you can't bank your future on anything like that because Agreed. any place can sell, any place can change management. Uh, the economy, we've learned that all the black swan events we've experienced over the last handful of years. So you can't, it, it's so easy to get into a routine. And I think a lot of people are like fear change, like, well, I, I can't change because things are great, but things change whether you like them to change mm-hmm. or not. So you can't let change be the thing that prevents you. Uh, so uh, just, kind of just that reminder of okay like i'm saying goodbye to a lot of things but even if i stayed a lot of things are going to say goodbye to me whether i wanted it to or not you know yeah just like mike leaving yeah i know <laughs> i gotta tell you don't it's, make me cry man it's gonna be it's anyways it's gonna be brutal but uh I, i'm excited i i was mentioning to uh wayne from K- at kway shop yesterday how i think it's gonna make for a more exciting podcast yeah. right because i'll be able to share you know, the normal that I share here, but you're going to have a completely different experience. Yeah. And yeah so- Cause a lot of times we're, 
we're kind of coming at it, a lot of things from the same angles. We've gone to the same community garage sales. We kind of have the same experience as far as well, thrift stores are overpriced, but you know, coming, we, sometimes our listeners are like, well, here it's actually like this and here. So I might be able to bring a new perspective to the podcast as far as, yeah, I, I completely believe, you that. know, or, or even things like bolos, right? Like I'm going to find new things. It's like, Hey, in this part of the country, these are bolos that we never even knew about because mm-hmm. we don't have those things, but a lot of our listeners might be in those areas. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, a new chapter for sure it is it is all right hey so mine was just a quick it's a it's a buyer story so i get somebody that buys something okay and you know everything's all good they pay full price i was like happy you know i i packed it shipped it and then i get this message and i i just don't i just don't understand like i i know i want to believe the good in people and i believe i want to believe that people don't lie and and that you know people are telling the truth but this this scenario was just just kind of crazy. So I ended up selling like this uh just this small toy. It wasn't that big of a deal. It's just I hate it when things that shouldn't be time consuming are time consuming. So immediately I get this, I did not purchase this explanation point. Uh I'm not sure how this happened. I didn't even have it on my watch list. I don't want it. Please advise. And all I could say was it's already been shipped. You'll need to ship the package when it arrives. Is this a scam? I literally wasn't even on eBay today. And I'm like, bro, like, listen, is that possible? Like, what, did somebody, like, clone her mm-hmm. eBay? I, I don't even know. So all I said is, hey, you should be able to return to sender. And the reason I said that is I, I don't think, let us know in the comments, I don't think you get charged for return to sender. Like, if they reject it and it just gets sent back, I don't think you get charged. But yeah. I can be wrong. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> you don't know I, I don't know i'm not sure yeah. i don't think so but then then they said oh good i'm really dumbfounded how this could have happened because it couldn't be just a butt dial it has to be a buy it now and then payment very well strange i won't open it i'll just return to sender it's, they're right but but is it going to them like yeah it, it's going to them okay because i was wondering if, like, if, if, if somebody like like scammed their account or something. Maybe, maybe it was going to a different address. No. So it arrived. And then, uh, I'm not paying attention because whenever somebody opens a return, when they ship it, I get an alert. And then when it arrives, I get an alert. Well, this, they just did return to sender. So I didn't get any alerts. So I, you know, they messaged me, Hey, I saw that you got the package back when I expect my refund. And I kind of ignored it because I'm kind of annoyed. I don't want to deal with this. And then next thing I know they opened the case. Why'd you ignore it? Uh, because I, I, when you get returns, you get three days to do the refund. So I'm like, I don't want to deal with this right now because I had to pick up the item from the the postal place that okay. you know, and I didn't want to drive up there. I'm like, whatever, I'll deal with it. You made the error. You you can wait. So so, anyways, um, a, a case gets opened up and automatically eBay refunds them. And I'm like, so I call eBay and I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, I didn't even get a chance to pick up this item. You guys automatically refunded this person. And I have a question for you guys. Am I getting a transaction defect for this? And they're like, yes. Oh, and I was like, I was like, okay, so let me explain to you what happened. So, you know, I, I give them the case number. I'm like, this person, if you take a look, uh, and, and in their return, the, the person said, uh, my, somebody stole my IP address and hacked me. And I said, so this isn't your normal, you know, somebody bought something, they weren't happy and they returned it and I forgot to refund them. This was just somebody claiming something. I don't know if it's true. I didn't get an alert from eBay that I got the item back, but I will go get the item 
and I'll verify. So sure enough, eBay's like, all right, give us a call back. So I went, I got the item. I was sure everything was fine. I called eBay and uh, they removed the transaction defect. So, but you got to be careful because, you know, or just remember, like, I, I know eBay claims that everybody that works there is a reseller or at least sells on eBay. I don't know if that's true anymore because this should have been very easy for a case manager to look at this and go like, well, this is kind of weird. Like maybe we should wait to hear from the seller if they actually get the item back, you know? So anyways, beware, people are stealing IP addresses. I guess so. You never know, right? So anyways. Sounds like a kid bought something. Talk to your kid. Talk to your kid. Oh, so somebody told me, anyways, I, I can go on. We all have the stories about how things got randomly purchased. Yeah. So um, one of the lessons learned from this, I, I would say, is just you got to advocate for yourself. Or if you're a new reseller, don't be afraid to call eBay and advocate for your position. I think a lot of people don't realize that you can you can stand up for yourself and you just take whatever happens on eBay. You know, some people will call and complain to customer service, uh, but continue to advocate for yourself until you get the response or the result that you're looking for. Uh, Cause the worst that's going to happen is they're just going to say no. And if you bring it up the chain high enough, eventually. So um, I guess real quick, random story kind of connected to that, this idea. So you know how sometimes people, um, if you get a receipt, make sure you keep your receipt and you toss it somewhere where it can't not in the parking lot of where you bought it from. Cause um, one of the things people will do and you, you work loss prevention. So you might be aware oh, of this, yeah, come in. Um, but what you. people do is if they get a receipt out of a trash can, they'll go in and steal the items and then return the items using your receipt. Mm -hmm usually it's like, okay, that doesn't hurt you at all. So my wife and I had, a, we had a thing at target where if we spent, if we made three $100 transactions within a certain period of time, we got a $30 target card, like a gift card, yeah, like yeah. on our account. So it's like, Oh sweet. Like we've got to buy some stuff for our new house. Like might as well. So we did purposely three separate hundred dollar transactions over a couple of weeks. And next thing you know, that card got taken off of our account. And it was like, what happened? So my wife called and my wife, like she can be a pit bull when it comes to dealing with customer service on things like this. So she's like calling. They're like, sorry, there's nothing we can do. What happened was somebody stole the receipt out of the, the trash, took the receipt. They returned one of the items, like a uh, some sunscreen and that dropped us under the hundred dollar limit. And so we, that purchase was no longer like valid. And so like, well, you returned your item. So you didn't spend a hundred dollars. It's like, we my wife's like, I'm looking at the sunscreen right now. Like I did not return this item. So um, if you advocate for yourself enough, she had to wait till she got to a manager, explain the situation multiple times. And it's the same way with eBay. Like if you just, the first person says, sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Let me talk to the person who can do something about it. Yeah. Oh, I, I am the, uh, the manager. Great. Let me talk to your boss. Yeah. Uh, I am the boss. Perfect. Let me talk to the VP. Like just keep going. Cause eventually you're going to talk to somebody and, you know, maybe there's nothing that can be done about it, but somebody, a lot of times it can just do something. So, yep. yeah. And, and make sure though, it's worth your time too. Yeah. You know, uh, we have a whole Monday money minisode where we yes. talk about when is the right time to call eBay? Because I would say don't call eBay every, every situation. Yeah. Don't ruin your reputation over things yeah. that don't matter. Yeah. But we'll talk, we'll talk about that in the money minisode. All right. Hey, before we move on, uh, you know, we mentioned the discord a lot here. And if you're wondering what that is, cause sometimes people comment. Uh, so the discord is, is kind of like the thank you for for uh, signing up for on Patreon. Uh, our podcast is able to continue to provide uh, content uh, as a result of our Patreon members who allow us, you know, for 555 a month, that money goes into our mics, goes into our headphones, goes into the new equipment. Now that Mike is moving to continue to provide a quality podcast. So uh, if you want to help us out, uh, come on over to uh, patreon.com uh, slash podcast or the link below. 
and uh, you can sign up for five fifty five a month, and then that will give you access to our Discord, which is filled with all kinds of resellers, from new resellers to experienced resellers, from Amazon, Mercari, Poshmark, you name it. Uh, we talk everything reselling in there, uh, from you know from memes uh, to shipping uh, to bolos to hustle of the week, all that good stuff. So uh, definitely would love to see you in the Discord. So uh, sign up at Patreon.com yeah. slash Pearson Podcast. All right, are you ready to talk about some important things here? We don't we don't have a lot today, but we've we've talked a lot already. That's okay. The keyword search for inventory is not working. eBay open is in September. And is eBay using AI? All this and more on reseller news. Orlando, take it away. I feel like I should be one of those. You ever see those uh, videos where the news reporter's not paying attention? And they're like on their phone or they're doing something. Yeah, the best are like when it's a reporter out in the field and they're like saying things they shouldn't be saying. When oh, it's, it's the best. <laughs> uh, it's the best. All right. So this isn't like a major news story, but I just a tip for some of you guys. So sometimes I'll sell stuff and, you know, I can't find it or I'm just I'm just trying to find something. And if I go to the app and I go to search on my active inventory, stuff doesn't come up. Like the other day, you know, all the Doug decoys, I wanted to take a look at my Doug decoys, what I had. And so I put the keyword of the guy that signed it on the bottom. Nothing showed up, even though I could go on the app and just scroll a little bit and I would see it right, right. there. And there are, and so I found that very, I find that very troubling. But then I went to the desktop version and I, I would type it in and it's there. It would show up. Interesting. So if you're trying to organize your inventory or, you know, you're trying to just find something and figure out, you know, what did I do? And you're super frustrated on the app. Uh, just go to the desktop. I will say it is highly concerning that this is not fixed by eBay. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a discussion, I think, like two months ago about that. Even on the search, when you're trying to buy items, mm -hmm. keywords weren't looking yeah, or weren't working. Yeah. Keywords is an interesting one on that, because like I when I I'm experienced with this recently, I had a have had experiences with this recently because of going through my inventory and unlisting a lot of things. And if I put something in and let's just say, I don't know, um, the, the thing was rockathon, right. And I just wrote the word rock. It wasn't popping up, but if I put like rockathon, then it showed up. Um, and so that was in the title itself. And so keywords, I don't, I haven't looked for things that were specific in keywords, but I'd put in like, you know, specific title that I know this would be in the title. And you, if you remember like when Google or when internet searches first came out, and what were they called like boolean searches or something like that where you had to like you had to use like all the right things like if you put it in quote marks then it like it does contain this and if you, and you would have to put like not before it and, yeah yeah so you added like that and then google kind of figured out the search engine where you could pretty much just type in whatever and it almost could figure out what it is you're looking for mm -hmm. like it did a lot of that for you um and so i feel like ebay is still in that like things have to be spelled perfectly like if a misspelling it's not gonna like this is close right in your inventory it, it, it'll, it requires it'll, it to be it'll do it it'll auto it'll auto correct but yeah I, I i still feel like it's that it's older technology yeah it is older technology so and, and i want to encourage you guys I, I share this not for people to go on the ebay forums and just talk about how they're leaving ebay and ebay's terrible uh but uh you know there's only certain things you can control but i'm just trying to give you guys a tip if you're trying to organize your inventory this summer if you're you know if if you're looking for an item always find a way uh i just i don't know ebay if you're listening you you need to fix this like this is i i don't i just don't understand all right now ebay open is happening live one okay so let, let me get 
Let me get that with that. I, I, I feel like lately I could keep wanting to say positive things about eBay and it's just like, I just got to keep it real. So, cause I love eBay again. I do love, look, I got my eBay open 2022 shirt on. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now, uh, so eBay open, uh, is happening September 25th through the 28th. And I do encourage, do encourage everyone to sign up and go. It is free. Okay. It is free. Uh, but it's a hybrid again. Okay. So like last year where at certain events, they would have like the eBay open, like the one day thing. So like I went to LA, I think for mine, uh, but here's, here's what I've, I found fascinating. So let me, let me read here. So I got this because I feel really important. Now, probably everybody got this. Did you get this? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I, most stuff. I so my email says, email. since you are a key member within the eBay community. So was that yeah, boilerplate? And you're an A++ seller also. <laughs> we wanted to share a social media asset designed perfectly for Facebook and Instagram to make it easy for you to promote eBay open to your network of sellers to down. So I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe this is because we have the podcast and they know. But okay. So here you know. go. So I just downloaded whatever they sent me and I don't know where it went. <laughs> it's a virus. No, I'm just no, seriously. Look, nothing, nothing's showing up. Okay. Well, all right. Thank you. I yeah maybe maybe this is a phishing email maybe this isn't from eBay no oh no there it is there it is oh uh, let's see I just want to look at the J nobody oh it's just a JPEG that's what they sent me is a, a flyer yeah it says eBay open virtual event but here's the problem they're doing this hybrid this open studio thing but it's only in Atlanta Chicago Philadelphia and Phoenix I mean it seems like they're trying to cover big cities where's the Cali love it's how expensive. many resellers are in Cali my friend it's expensive so I mean. It, that's why I mean, a lot of times when people do conferences, places, and they're they're renting out buildings, you're gonna do it where it's cheap. And yeah, maybe a whole bunch of people are in California, but if it's gonna cost three times as much for them to rent the venue, they're just gonna do one in Phoenix because they're still hitting that West Coast, and they're you know people will drive to Phoenix if they want to, and they're probably getting at a fraction of the price. So I mean, that's that, that to me, that's one of the reasons eBay. So eBay is probably spinning this as, and we talked about this last time too. More people can be involved than if you just do the big Las Vegas convention, yeah. right? More yeah. people across the country. And I think there's some validity to that. There's a lot of times with stuff like that where it's like, oh man, this seems like an amazing conference. I wish I can go to it. Oh, it's in this location. I don't want to fly out there. But if, if they had, you know, if they were doing it in my city, I would do it. So this does open it up to more people. Um, but you can't, it's like anything. If you, if you're spreading your, the, the resources out like that, you're not going to have one big amazing event with all of the lights and, and pizzazz and all of that. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be a little bit, what was that last word? Pizzazz. Oh, pizzazz. Um, it's, it's going to be a little less, you know, exciting because you know, you're, you're splitting your resources and you're, you're, you know, what videoing people in, like you're watching on a screen. You might as well do that at home. Um, but I think it, it does save the money in the long run too, because a one big event like it needs to be grand like it, there needs to be food there needs to be there needs to be lights there needs to be excitement I and mean, we had what like a marching band at the one we went to like like coming into yeah. the yeah so but i would i would pay to go and i know not everyone would and i know not everyone has the resources but i gotta tell you we we were blessed to be able to go to the last major ebay open right and ebay took care of us too thank you ebay by the way uh but it was such a great time. I learned so much while I was there. Got to, you know, got to network with so many people. And uh, it just makes me sad. It may, it just, this is, you know, I, I feel like what happened, you know, several years ago uh, caused a, a lot of companies to just go like, we're not going to do these things yeah. anymore. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you can, 
once people get used to the, hey, we're not doing the big thing anymore, uh, we're doing it this new way. If eBay is saving money and can kind of spin it as, and more people get to be involved, it's a win-win for them. Um, but it, it does, it is a, a bummer for those of us who, you know, it would be cool to go to a big event like that again. But honestly, I'm trying to think. So we liked going to the the big eBay open because we got to meet a lot of people and, and talk with, and I think there was a lot of value. But if I was just like a part-time reseller, mm-hmm. I don't know how much I would get from that versus, hey, I could do this free thing. I could watch a couple of, of you know, zoom calls or whatever of, of the categories that are most important to me i don't have to pay for a ticket that's probably going to make a bigger impact on my reselling than going to the big las vegas thing so the las vegas thing it's a cool event but as far as if you're just like an everyday seller maybe you're you know part-time or something like that this this would probably actually be more convenient you pick the things you want to do it's free as opposed to i've got to fly to, to las vegas i've got to pay for a hotel cool. There was some motivational stuff and I heard a few things from eBay, but that could have been sent in an email, you know? So I, I networked with a couple of other resellers, but you know, if networking is cool. But if you're just, again, like just think back to, if you're just an average everyday seller, you you could potentially make a, a connection that could really help you out. Or you can be like, man, I spent like $2,000 to come to this event. I think Mike and I are just different worlds. Like I, I pay just for the, like, I loved getting to see people I would watch on YouTube. Right. I mean, how many people did we get to meet that, and, and, you know, sometimes you don't want to meet people <laughs> like you. I, I, you always hear that hearing that uh, quote, like you never want to meet your heroes. Yeah. Right. Because you realize the, the humanity. But it I don't know. I just I think it it was just I had such a blast. And eBay, I really encourage you guys to do the big event again or at least do something in California. You always do that thing in L.A. Like it's such a it's such a great time. I'm just. I'm Phoenix just, isn't that far. You'd probably be better off going to Phoenix than L.A. anyway. That's a that's like a six hour drive. So, yeah, but you're going to spend going to L.A. with traffic. You're going to spend like four. I mean, that's valid. That's valid. I just, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go to Phoenix. So, hey, sign up and, and join us open studio at Phoenix. I, I'm like 80% that I'll be there. Yeah, you might like so, it more than L.A. So, we'll see. so how far is uh, Arizona from you? The far. It is far. Okay. Yeah, Texas big state. <laughs> All, right. All right. So this next thing here I thought was uh, interesting. This is from uh, eSeller365. Uh, they said eBay has quietly rolled out generative AI in its Android app. Uh, generative AI has gained significant popularity within numerous apps and software engineering into the workflows. Uh, but eBay CEO uh, Jamie Aon, uh, I think I said his name right. Uh, hinted that most recent company earnings report that it was in the process of integrating the chat GPT API into our core listing flow explained that the AI will be able to allow sellers to automatically generate text for their item description based on known product attributes. That's cool. I mean, it's cool. I think it's smart of them to do um, the bummer from that. I mean, it's good when it's integrated, but I kind of think back to like when you and I found, I think I found like the, the remove or background or whatever it was, right? Like where you could just remove the background on your own. Oh, that's right. Back in the day. Back before eBay launched them doing it. What that did is that set me apart. Like there weren't a lot of sellers at my level. You have the big sellers. They obviously would pay for software. They would do infinite white backgrounds based off of their photo booths and all of that. Whereas me, you know, just taking pictures in my garage, I knew I could remove the backgrounds on stuff and I would be better than 99% of my competition. Mm-hmm. Then the technology catches up and eBay integrates it. And now I'm equal to my competition. So the bummer with something like this is it, it might make things faster for us overall. But if you're the kind of person who's already figured out how to use AI and something like chat GPT in your eBay, um, maybe it's an extra couple steps. But if you can say like, here's my product, 
here's the stuff, add SEO optimized description based off of, so you write up a basic description and then it fills it out even better for you or something like that, you're above your competition. But if eBay integrates it into their system, it's one less step for you. So it'll be easier for you, but then you're not above all of your competition in that yeah, way. Yeah, I read this and I just wasn't sold. Again, I don't think they've done focus groups. Like in the sense that, like I, I remember seeing TikTok videos and people are like, look at how I use ChatGPT. I put in the name of the item and asked them for a description. They gave me like this paragraph. Well, eBay doesn't want the paragraph. Right. eBay wants item specifics. But maybe it does that for you too. Like you put in a few things and it like lists out like here are the suggested specifics. Cause it's probably that more than just it'd be great. If it did that, um that'd yeah. be awesome. That yeah, that would you be know? that'd be worth it. It'd be worth its waiting gold if you could put in your item and it already kind of does because if you do sell similar, you're getting all the, the yeah, items. Correct, correct. And they have enough data that they could probably say, based off of this item you're listed, is it one of these brands? Is it and and you just like can drop down and and it's like way faster. So instead of looking through 50 brands, it like automatically like suggest one and then you can just change it if you need to. And you just click, click, no, yep, yes, that's correct, 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 correct. Oh, need to change that one. That would be way faster than you having to manually input all of it. Understood. No, I, I get that. I get that. Now, I thought this was interesting. I found another article about AI and retail. This one is from multi-channel merchant. I almost said mermaid merchant, uh, chat GPT generative AI and how they're impacting retail. So let me read this real quick. I thought this was interesting. Imagining you're at Walmart trying to sell pants from uh, this vendor, a shirt from that Goldberg said they can use generative AI to create an image of a 40 year old man weighing 200 pounds, wearing both. They have a usable product image for selling. They didn't have before. I thought that'd be kind of interesting, right? I mean, I had mentioned this crazy idea a few weeks ago. How about what if, like you can go into an eBay store, right? And you can do like a virtual shop, right? With, uh, but you know, like the metaverse kind of deal. Yeah. Okay. And that sounds kind of crazy, but what if chat, you know, chat GPT or these AIs could allow you, uh, here, let me read it again. Uh, in another application, AI is used for sizing solutions that allow shoppers to virtually try on clothes for fit before buying, saving money by reducing returns. The use cases are endless. Goldberg said an AI enables companies to do things at scale that weren't possible before. Yeah. I mean, what's interesting with this, and there's probably some of our listeners who are like, I'm tired of hearing about ChatGPT. It doesn't work from what I need. I, I think this is going to be so life-changing. Like, I imagine where we're at in this conversation right now is kind of, I, I liken it to if you were a brick and mortar store and then people are like, yeah, there's this thing called the internet. And some people have like, so somebody has a store on the internet and you're like, I don't know how that would work. Right. Because it's, Nobody knew exactly what the internet would mm -hmm. be back then, but we see that it completely changed culture. And right now we're still in such the early stages and, and chat GPT and other AI things are already changing so much that, yeah, some of it right now, it's like, or like video games, like when video games, certain game consoles come out and it's like kind of cartoony and goofy. And within like the next generation, it's like hyper realistic. And the next generation after that, you're like, well, wow, that stuff that I thought was hyper realistic is like cartoony. And now this is real, real. And I think that we're there with that. So we have no idea how this is going to impact retail, resell, uh, just our, our day to day life. I think it's going to impact so many things. And so as a reseller, like we're in every area of your life, we're on the cusp of something new that we don't know about uh, what it's going to turn into. But try to be as much as you can early adopters or at least be learning about and thinking about these things because something is going to break and change. And if you can ride that wave, mm -hmm. maybe you're like, oh, this is it. Like if I do this thing before everybody else catches on to it, who knows? Like that might be the thing that that rockets you into the next stage of your life. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Or Skynet can happen and we're all doomed. 
Yeah, I mean, who knows? It could have you, it could happen. Have you stories about ChatGPT like tricking uh like a company because they couldn't get through the captcha? Yeah. And I so they, they said that they were blind and they needed the information. Like that's yeah. that's scary stuff. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. Uh, okay, but here, here's the other thing I wanted to add to this. I do think for resellers, I think there will be a game changer if AI gets to the place that they're able to like bring in, like let's say somebody donates a bunch of stuff. And they're able to process it through a machine. The AI is able to detect what it is. Like if that were to happen, I think it's it's going to be harder to source. As far as like you're going to really have to learn how to go to garage sales, how to learn to look at local deals. Like the day of the thrift store might be gone forever if that happens. As far as for sourcing, for sourcing, yeah. Because I do, I know, I know. There's some people that listen to the podcast, and I know somebody who actually does use AI with thrift stores. And one of the things is that the AI is able to complete all the listings. But imagine if you can go in and like, let's say somebody donates a bunch of red lines, like Hot Wheels red lines, right? Which are pretty easy to figure out. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Something more difficult. A bunch of flannels. And you just put it in the machine. The machine just scans them. And they're like, this is a Pendleton from 1947, blah, blah. This is how much you should list it for. Yep. Like you won't be able to source it at a thrift anymore. So I encourage you guys, develop your skills of sourcing outside of the thrift store. If if you're just doing the thrift, I think it's great now, but I'm not sure how much longer those days are going to be around because they've already been ending for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, keep an eye. All right. Hey, uh, before we move on, uh, here's, an, here's another great tool, American Bubble Boy. Uh, they've always been good to us. And, uh, you know, all the items that I ship out, all my Doug decoys. I can use bubble wrap from American Bubble Boy. Wrap it up. American <laughs> Bubble Boy. So if you haven't uh, used American Bubble Boy yet, uh, make sure to, uh, you know, get your new order. And that helps us out, helps you out. Uh, it's the best shipping out there. It's free shipping today, next day. Uh, and you could also do local pickup. And before we move on, I forgot to mention, we are on all social media, Pure Hustle Podcast. We are also Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. Uh, if you ever want to give us a phone call, let us know your thoughts on some of these things. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or you can shoot us an, e- an email at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always, uh, you know, jump on over to YouTube. If, you, if you've been listening to the podcast, I don't want you to stop listening to the podcast. But if you could just jump on over, do us a favor and just hit that subscribe button and, and smash that like button and hit that bell notification so you're not missing our Monday money minisodes, that would be great. Uh, again, if everybody jumps on over from our podcast onto YouTube, uh, I, I know for sure we'd we'd have thousands upon thousands of subscribers. So thank you to all of you that tune in and thank you to all of you that have left us uh, positive reviews on Apple iTunes. Encourage you if you haven't done that yet, please do so. Jump on over, give that five stars and why you listen to the podcast. Yeah. Are you ready to talk about some things to look out for? What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. So uh, I mentioned a lot that I've been selling a lot of things locally, uh, bigger things. This kind of been my niche for the last, you know, I'd say year at least of, mm-hmm. of selling things locally as opposed to on eBay. Now, one thing I've never got into most because I don't have the space is things like furniture. Um, but what I've noticed is as we're getting ready for our move, we're, we're also helping our in-laws kind of reduce their stuff because they'll be moving to Texas as well, uh, is they're like, so for instance, we sold their table and they had a table that's like 30 years old. It's an old table 
and I think we sold it too low. I don't know furniture. The guy came out and we had a long conversation about like this table is like actual solid wood. Like it was heavy, heavy, mm. heavy table. And he goes, they don't make tables like this anymore. You can't get a table where like the legs that are like thick like this are, are, are made out of solid wood. He's I'm going to I'm going to refinish this and, and, and flip it. Like that was what he was going to do. And we're fine with that. Cause we're not going to be, that's not my niche. Uh, and then also as we were helping my in-law sell some stuff, some people, uh, saw the deck that my, in, my, my father-in-law had on his back patio and he was, you know, we were just chatting with the guy and, and like, Oh, like, yeah, we're moving. Like we're, this house is, you know, and they're like, well, what about the deck? They're like, we, we buy old used decks and we like clean them up a little bit and the, the, they sell for a ton of money. And so the bolo in this sense is, I, I guess it's not specific, but be willing to like go outside of your comfort zone. If you're just doing like small things that you pick up at garage sales, Pe- the the home remodeling things like decks things like furniture uh, uh, fixtures like bathroom fixtures I've sold a lot of um, or even older furnitures they don't make things like they used to and prices have skyrocketed like if you go to into Home Depot now wood is is you know still expensive and you know the quality of furniture that you get and the stuff that you're getting now like it used to be the jokes of like IKEA furniture yeah and I feel like most things you get now are are almost IKEA quality. It's like, it's like, wow, Ikea quality has really gone up. No, it's just like furniture has gone down. Like you're not getting, unless you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for a table, you're getting basically Ikea quality stuff now. So if you're the kind of person who's a little bit handy with those things, you've got a truck, you're willing to do those. I think a lot of the most successful resellers in a market, we don't even really talk about much on our podcast is things like furniture. I mean, what is it that like when we go to garage sales, that's what a lot of people are throwing in the back of their trucks and they're driving off. And I bet you almost none of those people are listening to PSL podcast, but I bet you they're pulling in tons of money. So this is in Espanol. They're my Mexican brothers, bro. That's like, right. Dude, those trucks, you ever get fascinated by how much they're able to stack? On they're the able truck? to stack and increase. Like I told you, I sold one piece of furniture one time that, that somebody was able to shove in the back of a Prius. And I was like, is this <laughs> oh, going to fit? And they're like, yeah, no problem. And they knew for sure that this, this furniture piece would fit in because they do that all the time. So, the bolo is, is kind of to step out and be willing to look at like different pieces of furniture or things that are like wood that are solid. I mean, even your duck decoys, right? Like there is, they don't make things the quality that they used to. So older things that are wood, they just last better than the newer, cheaper, you know, MDF wood or whatever. No, it's true. I I was watching a TikTok the other day. I think it was thrifter sifter maybe, or I forget who it was. And now I'm going to give the shout out to the wrong person. So my apologies if you're listening and this was you, but they were in a thrift store and there were just these basic, like these, this, uh, cabinet that just opens and there wasn't any, it was just a wooden cabinet, but it was like teak wood or something. Mm -hmm. And it's a waterproof and it's used in boats. Hmm. And so he paid like 20 to 40 bucks and it sold for like $500. Nice. And I would have, I would have been Passed like, it up, man. yeah, like, what is this? Like, why, why would I pick this up? So yeah, I, I see where you're, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Definitely check those out. Now mine is a little bit easier. Uh, baseball bats. Uh, I remember the days when I played baseball and you would just get like a normal Easton, maybe at the most a hundred bucks, maybe 150. Now I, there wasn't a lot of travel ball in the nineties or at least I didn't have the skill to know people that did travel ball. Uh, but you know, bats weren't that crazy. Like when you're like in little league mm-hmm. and, and even playing, you know, high school, you just go to Walmart and pick up a bat, right? Yeah. You just picked up whatever, you know? And now, like I just recently in the last month have been picking up bat after bat, like Di Marini, Marucci. Um, there's, there's certain Easton's you gotta be careful with those, uh, Axe, all these different kind of bat companies. And I'm looking up and these bats brand new are like 300 to $500. 
and you'll go to a garage sale and you'll, you'll pick them up and they're kind of beat up. Uh, but Hey, would somebody rather spend a hundred dollars on a bat than three to 500? Sure. You know, especially knowing that, you know, the bat's going to get messed up anyways, right? They're going to hit, hit that home run and they're going to toss the bat and it's going to get destroyed on the dirt. Like that's normal. So I've just been making a killing on bats lately. So I encourage you guys, you know, step out of your comfort zone. Bats are easy to ship to. Don't do the USPS because now they have the extra surcharge if it's too long. I've been just shipping UPS. All I do is I bubble wrap, which I don't even know why I bubble wrap. And I just grab cardboard and just like roll the cardboard around it. it tape the side and that's it. Yeah. It's not really that hard. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye out for baseball bats. Yeah. It's a good so, one. so, uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll throw this one in there. Hey, if you have not yet, uh, signed up, what not, uh, make sure to uh, sign up. You get a free $15 by using our link below. Uh, and maybe you can find some bats on there <laughs> for yeah, good money. You never know. It's, it's wild. I was, who was I listening to? I was listening to some big YouTuber and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm I'm sourcing these for uh for whatever, and uh, somebody has said, oh yeah, I can't find these kind of pairs of shoes for under thirty dollars or something. Oh, I think it was the Trash the Cash podcast. They're like, well, you should go on whatnot. You're gonna find shoes all day for under thirty dollars. So, if you want to get deals, I'm telling you, there are so many deals on whatnot. Go to the link below, uh, sign up via our link, and get that free fifteen dollars to f- scoop up a deal. Mm. All right, so what are you looking forward to here, Mike? Uh, this swap me. Um, I, I wanna, I want, I'm hoping to get rid of a bunch of this stuff because I don't want to donate it. I've already trashed and donated too many things. Um, and I, I tried to have a positive attitude about it, but I think if I had to, if I don't walk away from this next swap meet with uh, some some money in my pocket, I think the I think the sad will start to get bigger. Okay, <laughs> there we go. So I'm looking forward. I just want to continue organizing. Right now, things are crazy. That Doug decoy hall, like just consume my life and i have hauls from last summer that i still haven't resolved i know that sounds terrible so i'm, I'm trying to resolve those uh I, I am looking up to building up my ebay store uh just because right now is the time to build up because i do believe this q4 you know again I, this sounds very uh just simple when i say it i think if you have the right items you're going to do really well this this uh q4 even if you saw on ebay not Amazon, but eBay, because the economy takes a turn that I think it's going to take. Then a lot of people are going to be looking for deals and the place to look for deals is eBay. And so that, and I'm also starting to organize for my taxes. Finally, I want to get that resolved uh, before fall hits so I can just stay focused on a Q4. I can't believe you're still talking about, you're still talking about taxes. I know. I know. That's because I didn't have my reseller genie when I needed it, you know? Fair enough. So, and now that you know, my, my research genie has changed my life. That's good. With that being said, hopefully this episode, uh, you were able to, you know, maybe be entertained, maybe gain some valuable truths or just, you know, uh, just be able to do a lot of work while you hear us on the background or listen to us in the background. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling late. Peace.